0: the network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is Is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Hello. Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. Today, I want to tackle a topic that I've never addressed on this show before, but one that is really important and timely and a subject near and dear to many of our hearts. I want to talk about kids and specifically their relationship to XR and the metaverse. As we know, there are some really exciting opportunities to learn and engage through augmented, virtual, and mixed realities. Through this new medium, we can do things that we couldn't normally do in our physical world. Last month's episode, where Sir David Edinburgh led us through the rainforest and an underwater experience, is a great example. But equally, especially when we talk about minors, We have to address subjects around safeguarding and privacy, as well as look at some of the unknowns, like mental health and development. XR activations in the classroom setting can make lessons more interactive, engaging, and productive. A recent study at University of Warwick showed that students were able to remember materials better in VR than they could when they learned through textbooks or videos. It also revealed that students felt more positive about learning through VR. According to another survey, 90% of teachers think that VR would be an effective use in the classroom, while 97% of students said that they would attend a class if VR was being used. Other benefits of XR learning include making a student feel like they are getting the teacher's undivided attention, language options, increased focus, catering to disabilities, ADHD, and anxiety, the ability to learn at one's own pace, and alleviating the pressure and competition that can be prevalent in traditional classrooms. On the other hand, how can we ensure that children are safe in these virtual worlds? How do we know that the adults in these spaces are who they claim to be? What about addiction and the impact on brain development? What do we need to know today in order to make sure that the next generation is able to reap the full benefits of these incredible technologies, but are able to do so in a way that is responsible and safe? Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Nina Jane Patel, who is going to help us answer some of these questions. Nina is the co-founder and VP of Metaverse Research at Kabuni, a company dedicated to providing the safest space in the metaverse for kids ages 8 to 16. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Amelia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So just to begin, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so yes, I am the co-founder of Kabuni, along with my co-founders Nimesh Patel and Lee Atkins, and I am the VP of Metaverse Research at Kabuni. I'm also a board-registered psychotherapist and a doctoral scholar-researcher uh, investigating the psychological and physiological impact of immersive experiences. Um, So my career has really been working at the intersection of arts, culture, mental health and technology. And uh, I'm an advocate for innovation, creativity and education and mental health within uh, by harnessing the tools of technology that we have available to us today. Um, Also, fun news lately, I was commissioned by the Canada Council for the Arts Greenhouse Digital Program um, to research and investigate new ways of uh, our relationship to the body movement and self-expression in the metaverse, um, both creatively and uh, for our mental health as well. Um, Also, I'm a mother uh, and a wife. I have four kids and um, I'm determined to contribute to shaping a better
1: future Uh, And an advocate for the future of a safe metaverse. I love that, and it's so great that you have um, a creative background as well as a background in um, in healthcare and mental health. And looking at all those aspects are so important when it comes to responsible technology use. And um, and so I wonder what made you decide to start Kabuni, and and what is Kabuni? What's its mission? Yeah,
0: Kabuni um, is a small but mighty team of uh, uh, individuals, and our mission is to unlock the design potential in every child and elevate life and we are uh, co-creating and co-designing our metaverse with educators parents students alongside industry experts and key stakeholders to ensure that our children have a safe metaverse to harness the power of technology uh, as we are witnessing the evolution of web 3.0 and beyond Uh, so my team and I are co-designing collaboratively creating a safe metaverse for children, specifically ages 8 to 16, to learn, grow and explore. Um, And yeah, we've designed proprietary hardware and and are manufacturing a headset specifically designed for children between the ages of 8 to 16. And throughout all touch points with our technology, either hardware or software, um, we are prioritizing safety and trust um, our philosophy and what leads us to every decision that we make as a company is um, will this touchpoint, whatever it may be, uh, hardware or software or content, leave our citizen, so that's what we call our users, our citizen in a better place in the real world? And if the answer is no, or if we can't answer that question, then, um, then we need to go back and reevaluate uh, so as a technology company, we're, we're dedicated to leaving our citizens um, in every way better in their physical lives than they were
1: uh, before they put our headset on. That's so interesting. And real quick, I just wanted to ask you a bit about the hardware. So I mean, besides size, is there other considerations that you have to make when when putting a headset on on kids as opposed to adults?
0: Yeah, through the technology, there are uh, some key touch points that we have available with the advancement of technology around eye tracking to understand eye health predominantly is one of the biggest concerns. So built in eye health monitorization, uh, as well as parameters around the amount of time the usage used within the headset. So um, specifically looking at uh, psychological and physiological development considerations of the um amount of time recommended for a child of a specific age and, and limit the parameters uh, in partnership with educators and, pa- and parents to uh, evaluate what the best usage is of that specific headset for that specific child.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Um so one question around XR and education, um, I was doing some research during the pandemic and and was seeing that it's being called one of the fastest growth sectors in XR. And digging a bit deeper, I was finding that that's kind of because there had been so little investment in educational VR or an XR beforehand that any investment is kind of looking like big growth. Um, but then of course we had the pandemic and all of a sudden all these kids are learning via Zoom and, um, and that cannot have been the healthiest thing for everyone, you know? So I'm just wondering what kind of shift have you seen since the pandemic in mindset and investment when it comes to, to VR and for education?
0: Yeah, the shift in both mindset and investment is is significant, you know, huge, perhaps one might say. Um, you know, the augmented reality, the AR market is projected to grow from its current like 15 billion in, in, our, in 2020 to about 77 billion by 2025. And similarly, the XR market will grow from uh, Six billion in 2020 to about 20 billion by 2025. So th- that's a huge amount of investment, as you say. Um, and as we enter the next phase of what is still a pandemic life, uh, what we know is that, um, as you say, the, the current state of um, remote learning uh, and, and traditional learning is not doing our children justice. Um, the kind of antiquated models of the education that is being delivered to our children, um, you know, isn't uh, harnessing the potential of technologies that are currently available to us. Um, and, and additionally, you know, brands that lead with innovation will put themselves at the center of this storytelling evolution of where we're at right now, and and we they can meet their shifting consumer expectations and and better connect with their audiences. So beyond education, obviously, we're seeing massive shifts in adoption and, and massive and necessary shifts in business models uh, and systems in, in which we engage with people, whether we consider them consumers or citizens or, uh, you know, members of our communities. There There's a, a massive shift that's underway due to the investment and also now to the kind of one could say exponential momentum that that's uh that we're witnessing at the moment in terms of uh mass adoption towards uh xr ar and the related web 3.0 technologies and and something that's certainly different is consumers want new and differentiated content experiences uh, especially during uh, amid covid 19 uh and, and also, I think what's shifting now is uh, ensuring and, and demanding a level of trust and safety. Uh, and so so the possibility within XR or the future of the metaverse um, has huge potential and, and a huge value to add to, to uh, how we interact as human beings.
1: That's really positive to hear. Um, yeah, I think this is an area that can really benefit from it. So, I mean, if you were to put a time frame on it, when do you think that we'll see XR integrated into school curriculums?
0: Well, in some ways it's already happening, not directly into the curriculum and the, the, you know, the specified outcomes of learning that students are kind of um, measured against in terms of here in the UK, their GCSEs or their A-levels, or or even earlier their um, uh, SATs uh, at at year six. Um, But it's happening on an individual and and teacher-led basis. Um, So our current pilot program is engaging with schools across the UK, in Europe, also in Latin America and Africa, Um, is harnessing the technology available to us today uh, and putting them in the hands of educators and and parents today and providing a trust environment uh, of a metaverse for children to explore the tools of tomorrow uh, and preparing them for, for the future. And I think there are there are many uh, educators who are innovative and already taking this into their own hands and making this happen. And as well, are there are v- VR companies who have created content specifically in VR um, that um, that are you know taking the approach of a strategy to try and sell their product to teachers. Um, and what we're doing different, and what we think is vital at this time, uh, being on this kind of edge of a cliff and shift in, 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 um, in our uh, lives in terms of technology and how it's integrated um, is that this, this shift will allow teachers to move from being content delivery mechanism mechanisms to facilitators. Um, so no longer will the teacher be required to um, deliver a lecture you know where the whole class is just listening. Uh, to what the teacher says, because that's the only medium in which uh, they can communicate. But movement towards facilitators who are able to select from a toolbox of both technology and more traditional um, tools to support individual learners and to support their classroom uh, and integrate the technology into their lesson planning uh, with the aim to improve educational outcomes, like retention, engagement, so much potential in engagement, even speed, and as well as uh, in the integration of biometric wearables could potentially, if we choose to go that route, uh, even improve the health of our students so that we can monitor and understand uh, health of our students as well. So the key to our strategy wow. is co-creation, actively listening to our citizens to generate a community in the metaverse, a you because know, that's what we're doing here. We're bring, inviting people into a space, a digital space, and, and creating community. And our values need to be aligned, and together we can build a metaverse that contributes to happy and um,
1: healthy children. Amazing. You mentioned you're doing a pilot project right now, and, um, and I just realized I hadn't actually asked you about what the user experience likes. So, so when a kid puts on a headset, what, what happens inside Kabuni?
0: Yeah, we have a specific pilot program that has specific objectives and and measurables in partnership with academic institutions here in the UK, rolling out evidence-based methodology that has the rigor and robustness of a a academic study that will be peer reviewed and published. Um, So we have um, a control group study in which we truly are measuring the impact of the immersive technology measured against traditional and also uh, desktop uh, mediums of education. So currently, a lot of the research shows efficacy of virtual reality and its use in, 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 in education and, and curriculum outcomes. But the variables are so broad that you actually really can't say it was specifically the technology that elevated the experience because the variables between the comparisons are so broad. So first, we want to make sure that this evidence is accurate and true and develop that evidence-based methodology that provides the necessary outcomes for our students and then build upon that. Uh, And then alongside that we have our experiential Um, opportunity to engage with schools within and students within the pilot program, which are more fun, uh, creative um, engagement pieces that are uh, inspiring uh, and uh, ignite the imagination of students incorporated into our pilot program. So hopefully I explained that clearly. So we have the control group mechanism, which is measuring specific outcomes with specific curriculum content and measured against mediums of... um, Delivery mechanisms and then our experiential program, which is more imaginative, creative, play, building on and and using the the tools of Web 3.0 within uh, our headset and our our experience. Um, So we partnered with studios around the world and content developers to deliver that
1: and and obviously have a team of programmers to make it happen as well. Very cool. so, what are the the role of of parents and teachers in Kabuni? Are they inside the experience as well? How does that work? Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: Look. So, right now, uh, as I've said, we have an opportunity today to decide. Uh, what the future of the metaverse looks like together, you know, as communities, as parents, as caregivers, as educators. And, you know, do we want the future of the metaverse to elevate our children's lives or damage it? You know, we're at this point where we are shaping, literally, with every choice that we make in our digital interactions of of how this future is going to roll out for us. Uh, And to me, to us, at Kabuni, the answer is very clear. We want a metaverse that elevates our children's lives. And it's vital um, for communities to come together uh, to, to um, unite their voices and, and um, put in place the necessary uh, safety measures and, and, and structures for the metaverse and speak up when it's not working and when the system that's being built around us isn't working. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have a repeat of the, you know, the evolution of the, the 2D internet where uh, we kind of lost control as parents, you know, and, and um, technology has been uh, developed without prioritizing uh, the end uh, citizen, the end user, and unfortunately has caused some damage to, to our mental health. Uh, and certainly in some extreme uh, circumstances, you know, have really caused damage to to individuals' lives, especially in the context of um, child
1: mental health and and adolescence. You mentioned um, the safety measures and just wondered if you can go into that a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: The the safety measures are, are somewhat proprietary in terms of Uh, our Kabuni ecosystem, but I I could touch base about some of kind of the protocols uh, that are are put into place. I mean, part of our ecosystem is specifically co-creating with parents, educators, and students in the design of a future metaverse that we will all be interacting. And then our evidence-based methodology, which is in collaboration uh, and support with academic institutions so that our evidence is rigorous and robust as it needs to be, in building a safe metaverse uh, and in providing um, deeper engagement and, and faster learning and better content retention uh, as well as at the same time building out citizenship values um, because what we're experiencing right now in terms of this clash of, of worlds colliding in the metaverse is not an agreed upon um, set of guidelines uh, and agreed upon um, Basically, how we treat each other in this space, and, and so we're seeing a collision of, of of worlds right now. In in from the gaming world, and then people who are using it for education or social environment social um, virtual environments, uh, and and that there's a, a significant amount of um, trauma. You know, there's no other way to put it. That of of experiences in virtual environments right now, where uh, violence, aggression, harassment are, are allowed to perpetuate in our in our 3D virtual metaverse space, just as they have online. Um, so, so establishing a set of protocols that allow us to build uh, and co co design a safe metaverse is priority. And that 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 first of all. Is is why we focus predominantly on this relationship with with education uh, institutions and schools, primary and secondary schools, um, because that allows us an onboarding a point of verification at the on uh, at onboarding. Um, so our focus is onboarding students enrolled at both public and private school in, institutions here in the UK and across Europe and elsewhere as well. And, and that's the verification pr- point. Um, the tracking of, of activity is monitored um, by educators. It, work or learning um, and, uh, and, and experiences are assigned by educators so that we're not opening a, a wild west and allowing children to go wild and leave them to their, on their own. What we know is we need to re-educate our children about what virtual environments are for Uh, prioritize accountability over anonymity and create educator and parental controls that support uh, the growth of values in a community and in our metaverse. And then, you know, using technology again we have risk detection algorithms in partnership with some long-standing uh, AI companies that have been tracking social media platforms and developing uh, the AI and algorithms uh, on on those platforms transitioning now into verbal AI and also physical body language as uh, in AI as well which is really interesting and then working with key stakeholders uh, progressive law and policy and, and government support as well. So we're advocating and, and speaking up and connecting and networking with the governments required uh, and support in uh, those key stakeholders to, to ensure that this future of, of a plethora of potential metaverses um, causes as little damage as possible and in our mind uh, does no damage and, and elevates lives. And one of the really exciting parts of all this, you know, is is all the other aspects of web 3.0 in terms of blockchain, NFTs, you know, de- uh, decentralized finance systems, uh, DAOs, you know, those are also evolving literally as we speak and and will continue to influence the shaping of the the, the metaverse and um, there are some key uh, significant pieces of the puzzle within within the current technology being developed that that will inform us continually uh, as as the metaverses continue to to be shaped
1: wow yeah you touched on so many amazing points there i agree that we are (laughs) at such a pivotal place in our relationship between us and and the future of the internet the future of technology and um and so glad that companies like yours are looking at all these aspects from the beginning and have these kind of values at its core um i have one Quick question about, has there been, I know, I know you're probably doing research now to find this out, but is there any kind of, um, time limit that you see kids, um, should be spending or inside or, or shouldn't be spending inside? I mean, is there like a cutoff at 30 minutes is the max or do you have any advice around that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is research about that. And and the recommendation at this point is no longer than 20 minutes, um, uh, and look, at Kabuni, we do not imagine that children will be in our headsets and shouldn't be in any headset longer than 20 minutes. This is about um, how to tap into the technology to elevate your physical life. This is not about an all-consuming uh, technology that takes over. This is a tool to enhance your your existence and for learning, for growth, and for exploring. Um, so yeah, so the, all the research says twenty minutes max. I mean, I don't know how long you're able to spend in a VR headset, but I feel after you know twenty minutes, it starts to feel heavy on my face, and, and that's the current state of yeah. the hardware, which we know will continually advance and change. Um, but there's but there's beyond the physical weight of the headset, um, you know, there isn't enough research to know about. In terms of uh, the eye tracking I was speaking about before, there's not about enough research for us to really understand uh, the potential, um, uh, you know, impact of 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 uh, pupil dilation and 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 direct kind of um, consumption of the VR con- uh, pixels, the digital environment, uh, directly on our eyeballs, and and that's where more research does need to happen. Um, but tapping right. into a field trip experience or um, you know traveling to through the solar system for five to ten minutes within a classroom setting is super exciting. And uh, all the research shows that five to ten minutes is is not harmful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about when I was a kid and I'm going to be aging myself here, you know, we had like a computer in the classroom and we would take turns going and playing on the computer. I imagine that, um, you know, at the moment, this will be kind of a shared technology that that kids take turns having experiences in, um, you know, and I think eventually it will stop being a shared technology and become more of a personal technology. And um, and that'll be an interesting turning point as well. Um, but besides the physical ramifications, I know you have um, your doctoral scholar and you have a background in psychology and psychotherapy. Um, through that lens, what are your thoughts on on the psychological impact of VR on developing brains? Is this something that we need to be concerned about? What's, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Um I wouldn't say concerned I would say curious and I think that's the the angle or the the viewpoint that we or the mindset that we need to have as we're we're integrating this technology both AR, uh, VR, XR, you know and we what is very exciting and what's different about the metaverse or you know the integration of VR and AR in a 360 degree, degree virtual environment in which we are fully immersed fully present and fully embodied is is that there's no longer an external interface which we are required to interact with in order to engage in the digital it we as a human body ourselves become the interface and that is what is most concerning about a potential trauma or damage or or um uh, potential damaging behavior that we might experience in in these virtual environments um, is because our we have our, our minds, our physiological m- minds, and and our our physical selves and our emotional selves haven't evolved as quickly. Certainly, nowhere near as quickly as our technology has. And what we need to understand is that. Our physiological responses to experiences in the metaverse, um, because the technology has designed and the fidelity is such that the lines between reality and virtual are very blurred. Um, And, you know, in consideration of children, even more so. And unfortunately, our physiological body doesn't understand the difference really between riding a roller coaster in uh, in VR and and riding a roller coaster in real life. You know, we've we've all seen those kind of um, uh, clips of kids or or anyone you know walking the plank and being really scared of falling off the edge of that building in VR. And so you you can have experiences that feel physiologically as real as they do in the organic physical world. Um, even though we can intellectualize that this is different, that this is VR, our our brains haven't evolved enough to be able to separate the physiological response. What's also really interesting in in the research and evidence shows that memories made in VR and versus the real world, looking at um, EEG scans and, and the brain's activities, the memories of these experiences are the same. So, which further proves that the physiological body cannot distinguish between the two experiences. Wow. Um, so that that can be very exciting, and that can also be very scary. And so, let's be curious about that. What what um, you know? W- what questions do we need to ask ourselves about how we're spending time in these environments? Uh, what experiences do we want to choose as 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 people, as parents, as as educators, and as as children as well. And we just we just have to ask ourselves the questions, you know? Um and 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 use our best judgment to make the best decisions for ourselves at at that time. Um yeah. And I think one of the biggest concerns about the physiological and psychological impact of this is for children, as we've discussed. And what's unfortunately happening is that children are entering the metaverse unsupervised and are being exposed to experiences way before their level of maturity is ready. Um, so, as, as educators, as as parents, as as caregivers, we need to ask ourselves the questions. Um, you know, what are our children doing in this space? Who are they inter- interacting with? What content and and further features or or locations do they have access to? Uh, and 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 just think about it responsibly. Like. You know, and 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 um, at this point, unfortunately, there isn't a technology or AI or algorithm that's going to support us to do that. Um, we're working on making that available to us. So, because the technology is amazing and could provide us with life-enhancing technology, but our business models and the current system, uh, systemic issues in which tech, technology is being built for us, doesn't prioritize that. It prioritizes you know, marketing and advertising as a revenue model. But I believe that will shift. And I think that, you know, our power is our our data and where we choose to engage digitally um, has a significant repercussion on how these systems are being built for us.
1: Absolutely. And I think everything you said too extends to us as adults too, because, you know, we don't have a lot of experience inside these worlds yet. So we need to be able to know what's right and, and the responsible ways to go about it. So then we can pass that on to the next generations. And I think that is a huge challenge that we we face. Um, you touched on it a bit around these big technology companies. You know, now are they the the ones who determine ethically, morally, our values and what's right, what's wrong, how things are punished, how things aren't punished. Um, so I think it's exciting for to hear about companies like Kabuni that are Um, prioritizing this and taking an active role in, um, in looking at that. Um, Yeah, I still to this day cannot walk down a plank in virtual reality. I am such a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I've fallen (laughs) off so many times. Um, Yeah, and I absolutely I understand I'm walking on the floor in my living room or something. But um, yeah, it still has quite an impact. Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun and exciting. Yeah. I want to ask you a bit about some of the new tech, like new technologies that are um, helping this one or, or accompanying this one. So um, around cryptocurrency, what the role is of that in Kabuni. Um, you've mentioned the EEG a couple times. Is that something that's playing a role? Um, blockchain, et cetera. How are you? How are you using the other new technologies alongside these ones?
0: Yeah, yeah, we have a specific um, mental health intervention that we're developing, which in- incorporates EEG in terms of a early mental health intervention for for children and adolescents, and and looking at how we can incorporate biometrics into the monitoring, monitoring of our mental health as a tool, as a as a um, a, a, a navigation system to to more. Um, to more effectively manage uh, mental health. And also within that, the context of, of digital citizenship and, and emotional intelligence and, and, and uh, emotional uh, cognition within these spaces. Um, but in terms of um, cryptocurrency or, you know, what's really important right now in terms of the point at which we're at is educating our children, the next generation, on, on how to use these technologies uh, and the ever-evolving Web 3.0 and beyond uh, tools safely, responsibly and effectively Um, and and in futures, in their own futures. So um, we're integrating a blockchain cryptocurrency on a learn-to-earn model and we have a strategy around activating Kabuni coin at our commercial direct-to-consumer launch. Um, which, um, as you know, we're we're building our evidence-based methodology and protocols to deliver a safe metaverse. Um, so when that time comes, we'll be we'll we'll have our strategy laid out really clearly for that. Um, but certainly, I think that what's important right now is is to the education process for both educators and students to better understand uh, the future and, and to better understand you know how these. Um, technologies will be impacting them and how they can prepare themselves for their careers, for, you know, the, the future of life as we know it, as it's going to be significantly um, enhanced and shaped by all of
1: these technologies. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to step back a bit and look at the bigger picture of XR in the metaverse. And for you personally, what is your biggest hope for the future of this industry, and what is your biggest fear?
0: Well, being um, a, a psychotherapist and and someone who's based in the arts and believes in the power of self-expression, creativity, and and, and humanity, uh, my biggest fear is um, disembodied and disconnected human beings. Um, you know that kind of dystopian future where we all are consumed. And controlled by the technology, uh, and that our our physical, biological, or how I like to call it, organic lives uh, feel a little bit grayer compared to the pixels and the excitement of you know virtual environments, and where we we are are consumed by them and and controlled, and, and obviously the robots learned from our the worst parts of us. <laughs> the classic dystopian future. But um, my, my biggest hope, and I certainly do have a lot of hope, and I, um, and you know, interestingly, Amelia, one of the kind of differentiators between fear and hope is, you know, we could be looking at the same future, you know, w- which we are right now. And, and fear is when we feel as though we don't have a le- level of autonomy, or control, or decision-making opportunities within the situation. And hope is the exact same situation, but where we do feel like we have autonomy and power and that our choices make a difference. And and that's where we're at. So uh, I live in hope and my dream for the future in the metaverse is is an opportunity to dance with our pixels, you know, with every interaction we have, there's freedom, there's creativity, there's play and an integrating of a metaverse that elevates our everyday lives in ways that we actually can't even imagine yet. Because what's amazing about the the metaverse is that space and time, gravity, all of you know the things that bind us to, to uh the rules of physics of law, the, or the laws of physics, uh are, are essentially abandoned in the metaverse and so the possibilities are, are beyond our imaginations at this point. Um, and what's key to achieving this you know amazing potential in the metaverse is is today right now as we're designing and building it, is it trust is a focus on trust and safety and generating community and prioritizing our children uh, to unlock
1: the metaverse's potential and as well as our children's. I love that. And that's such a great point. um, The difference between hope and fear. I'm going to remember that one. Thank you for thank you for sharing your insights. And also um, great to have you join me today and our audience and and share about this fascinating future in your company. Um, Where can our listeners be in touch with you and follow you? linkedin is great twitter as well um as well as if you google
0: my name nina jane patel uh you can find my website and i have a contact me page on there and some uh access to some of my medium writing uh you know blog post uh, as well as um our own Kabuni podcast uh which is uh elevate life uh, season one is about the metaverse in motion uh where we invite guests like, uh, you know, really uh, experts in their fields like uh, Sir Clive Woodward, um, XR pioneer and human factors specialist, uh, Professor, Dog, uh, Professor Bob Stone, uh, NFT artist Pico Velasquez and um, digital safety and, uh, and a youth advocate Anne Collier. Uh, So some great hosts over there on our podcast talking in ways that they've experienced and employed uh, real life methods to elevating their life and others as
1: well. So, yeah. Amazing. Those are the
0: places you can connect with me.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Nina. And thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to being with you again next month. Take care.